Hi, Stevie here. I just want to apologise for the low audio quality on my end. We recorded this over the holidays, so I was at home and using my laptop to record, and sadly it came out terribly. I don't know whether it was because the mic got messed up, or just my laptop couldn't handle recording. So I'm going to sound muffled throughout this entire episode. Hopefully you can work out what I'm saying, but I am going to basically cut out as much of me as I can, because... You can understand what Sam says all the time, but me, I often just come out distorted and muffled. Hopefully it's tolerable for you. So, yeah, sorry about that. Not much I can do about it now. So, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Mumbler. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem, and discuss the similarities and the differences that they share. My name is Stevie. And my name is Sam. And the score currently stands at 23-23. And this time we are watching episode 47, Pokemon's Honor, and So Near Yet So Far Fetch. And as almost always, we start off this protest, where I found some very, very important information, because according to my survey, 100% of people ship Etamark with James. The first question I have, I have several, is what made you think of this? Well, I noticed that when making the thumbnail, it's the second thumbnail we've had with Etamark and James. Okay, but you you designed these thumbnails. It's not a random crazy happenstance. It's a thing that happened because you made it happen. Second question. What possessed you to look at that and go, oh, that's the second time that's happened. I wonder how many people ship those two together. Let me ask Twitter. But what else is Twitter for? (sighs) News. I get my news from it because I'm not trusting like CNN or BBC or whatever. I'd rather listen to people. Random people on the internet. That listen to cnn and bbc no people make mistakes after those people are all on twitter you made a mistake putting that on twitter no because now we know the truth that Etamon and james belong together and everybody agrees with me because nobody voted against it so you don't exist anymore sam you either ship Etamon and james or you don't exist i think the worst bit is it's like Etamon's clearly a digimon in a monkey suit that's like twice maybe three times james's size Etamon's not that tall. He's barely taller than Pokemon, and Pokemon's like a child, so Etamon's an adult. They could put on dramatic shows together. To be fair, like, I could see them both, like, I could see James being Etamon's partner. As in Digimon partner, not life partner. <laughs> could be both. Why do they have to make such boundaries between people and Pokemon? Stop this. I don't want this. This is what the people want, son. This is not what I want in my anime. All five people that voted said that they shipped them, so... Okay, well, well done. You successfully made a poll which weirded me out. Okay, we also got some replies to the question that was in the title last time. The question was, what was Matt's call this episode? Oh yeah, I forgot we called it that. That's because I couldn't come up with the name of the episode. So it's like, what did Matt call this episode? Because that's what Ty was thinking. It's like, what would Matt do? So I used that as an excuse for an awful title. Yeah, I think this episode should be called Puppetmon's Moving Castle. So I reference to? Howl's Moving Castle. I mean, there's something Moving Castle. But I don't know if it was. If you haven't seen it, get out. <laughs> It's one of the good Ghibli movies. Aren't they all good? No. I've only ever seen Spirited Away. Uh, that's like probably the best one. I thought it was okay. 
It's good. It's one of the better ones. Ponyo is quite good. I like Ponyo. Totoro is quite good. Yeah, no, it should be called Puppet Mon's Moving Castle because I think it's a good reference because there is a cat or there's a building and it moves. That would have been cool. No, this episode we're doing right now, the, the one we are currently recording, I, that's the title of the, that's what I think the title should be. It's not like, oh well, too late now. It's not too late. The fin- the episode hasn't been finished yet. Oh yeah, that's this episode. <laughs> yeah. What was last called the last episode? Yeah, that's what the last episode was called, because you called it that. <laughs> I think we're all very confused. I am very, t- very confused. Let's move on. To what the speaker said. So, Nate with lots of translation on said that Matt was called the last episode Holy Mac Grimbani. That's bad. It's so bad. It's bad, which is perfect for Matt. That's also true. Where is the lie? <laughs> and Cool Christmas said that Matt would call it Digimon. Don't sit, run, come back to Okay, I just, you just suddenly went, and Cool Christmas. I was like, yes, it, it was a good Christmas. Yes, thank you. If they're going to call itself Cool Christmas on Twitter, I'm going to call myself Cool Christmas on the podcast. Good for them. I'm glad that they had a good enough Christmas to to warrant it being their their name. Anyway, they said that Matt was calling Digimon. Don't zip Mon's comeback tour. I get it, because uh, Etamon had a zip. It's also a, a type of file. I know. That's why it's funny, because Etamon with a zip file zips. Oh. But Metal Etamon doesn't have zips because he's just lathered himself in silver paint. Metal. He's been compressed into metal. Another tweet from Cool Christmas says, the real final boss of the Modcast is Stevie's administration song. It's not like I don't like it, it's just, it's kind of corny, but I do appreciate it. It's very you. What you mean, it's very bad, but still funny somehow. No, it's just like, you were just like, on a whim, sang a song, and it's like, uh... But you do it every episode, and it's kind of, it's, I'm not going to lie, it is funny. I enjoy singing it. I appreciate it. And the last tweet from Cool Christmas is something that was shared from the Gym Position fan group, which says, You've heard of Elf on the Shelf, now get ready for Ash in the Trash. It's just a picture of Ash in the Trash bin, where he belongs. Yes. Uh, Ash is garbage. Yes, he is. Like, even with what we've been doing, like, my opinion of him hasn't really changed. Spoilers for thing that we're doing at some point, which we were sorting out over the holiday. But even then, he was still trash. He's the worst. He's pure grade garbage. I think my problem with him is that he just doesn't grow as a person. I think my problem is that he gets better and then worse, and it just varies across episodes. Just like one episode he'll know how typing works, and then another episode Pikachu will be using electric packs on ground types. And winning. Or he'll send out a Bulbasaur against a flying type. He's done that so many times. So bad. So bad at training. See, I want to be the very best. Like, no one ever was. Definitely trying to do that. To catch them is my real test. Okay, he's failing. Train them is my cause. He's doing a pretty bad job of that as well. I'll travel across the land such a far and wide. He's all over the place. Teach Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. That's a bit vague. Okay, well... He's made Charmander very angry and evolved him up to level that way. So the power of rage, he succeeded. Pokemon gonna catch him all so true. Our courage will pull us through. More stupidity than anything. You teach me and I teach you. He's learned nothing. Pokemon. Gotta catch him all. He's got like 10 tops. It's probably less than 10. But he's also released two of them? No, it must be primate on the picture. And Haunter was there as well for a bit. Haunter was there. So from that conclusion, we can tell that the theme tune lies about what Ash succeeds at. The show isn't about succeeding and catching everything, or actually learning anything. It's about wandering around and having a fun time. Now let's analyse the Digimon theme tune. No, no, let's get back on track. Digimon, Digimon. It's definitely got Digimon in it. It's definitely got Digivolutions. Digimon are the champions, well, they do at one point. Mm-hmm. And 
that's pretty much the entire theme song. Digimon. Yeah. So the theme song for Digimon doesn't lie at all, but it's also very bland and very boring. So Pokemon has a better theme tune. I sing along to Pokemon's like every time. But we have a tiny bit more demonstration that I mustn't forget about because I forgot. Well, I forgot about it last time because it was on with the will and it's from Bexman. Hello. And they say, so hey guys, finals and things kept me busy, but I am listening to every episode and I enjoy your banter. I do like the administration song and I have caught myself singing it to myself randomly, so keep it up. I will, trust me. On the other hand, I know you can't fix this, but it is a bit frustrating to hear you guys complain about things that only happened in the English club, so I didn't grow up on it. It gets extra frustrating when you both suggest changes that are just undoing what the job did, such as no points, better music, putting to death, or better Superman at the end of its fight instead of the third beginning of the next episode, no forced cliffhangers showing Pokemon's gun, etc. It's not enough to make me stop listening, but I do feel a hard time relating to the discussion. Well, yeah, you're right, we can't really do much about that. Well, I suppose, like, I'm assuming that they watched the Japanese version? The s- they watched the submarine, then? Yes, they watched the submarine version. It's where it's got a water effect and everything sounds like it's underwater. Which, yeah, I, I could see it can be frustrating, but we are kind of watching the dub. The dub is only one letter away from dub. Yeah, I could see why it would be a bit annoying if, if you don't have a point of reference. So, I mean, I hope we don't do it too much, but uh, we do kind of... The, the point of this show is that we are kind of watching both dubs. I, I, I don't think we could really do dub and sub for both shows, because there is a show that's kind of already doing that for one of them. I would fancy watching the sub of things. Yeah, there's only so much ash you can get. Besides, there's lots of translation one for the sub of Digimon. There's probably a podcast out there that is the sub of Pokemon, maybe, somewhere. But yeah, so I, I can understand the frustrations, and I hope you still hang in there for the, the, the other bits of conversation that we do. Next paragraph says, Also, I enjoyed the Nuzlocke story. It can make the compelling narratives even if I wouldn't do Nuzlocke myself. I don't enjoy grinding with Pokemon at all. It's just about the most tedious thing I've ever done in the game. And I feel like I've wasted my time. But if I don't grind, I'll feel like I let Pokemon die of laziness rather than confidence. So there's no way that. Yeah, but a lot of the time when my Pokemon died, it was just because I rushed a little bit and didn't grind it beforehand. See, I I have I struggle doing those locks because I get super attached to my Pokemon. Like one of the first ones I did was uh, Emerald, and they were all named after food. So I had like my Mudkip was called Bakewell, and I had Curry the Wingle. They were all really cute and lovely, but they kept dying, and I was like, I don't want this. This is emotionally straining, especially after spending like an hour, an hour and a half grinding to get them to level up, and they die from one critical hit. It's, worst. it's so stressful, so I, I, I don't do them anymore. <laughs> but you do, though. Yeah, I started one on Pokemon Moon, but I've just not been playing Moon yet. But I think we're definitely going to have more discussion in Admon and stuff about games and things, especially because Next Order's out in February, and we're both getting that, and what with sun and moon as well we've got stuff there to talk about because i've finished the game now and i i'm in love with it i think it's great maybe we should do a special on digital world next order and talk about sun and moon side by side yeah i'd be up for that could be interesting but that's for um, february when digimon's actually out anyway there is more message in the second half which says oh and i forgot about something about time that's rivalry as compared to gary and ashes the rivalry is very different for sure but whether it existed prior to the episodes when matt wanted to fight time 
It's a matter of semantics, but I think it's a, you consider rivalry as both wanting to do the same thing and that thing is leading the group, and I don't think that's ever wanted. It's something that he has consistently decided to pay attention. He is TK's big brother, supposed to be his role model and protector, but instead TK looks up to Ty a lot more often. In fact, if you think about it, TK probably sees Ty much more than he sees Matt, because TK probably still lives in the same place they used to when they were young, which is probably because of the wet iris, because they all saw the rain off fight, and because Kai and TK were going to school together at the start of two So from Matt perspective he is being replaced and that makes him lash out on time much more than anyone else ever since episode 2. So if you consider the rivalry to be TK's attention then it exists since the very start of the series. Sorry I'm rambling. That wasn't a ramble that actually that was really good that that's that's quite interesting actually I didn't really think about it like that. Yeah I, I could see that being a, a justifiable reason for Matt to see Ty as a rival. Because, like Fexmith said, I I also don't believe that Matt wants to lead the group. Because he did have the opportunity when Ty left to leave the group, and he clearly failed at that. So, yeah, seeing Ty as as someone who's garnered TK's affections, yeah, it's quite good. It kind of makes me understand why he would have some internalised rage at Ty for being able to bond with his brother so easily when he has issues with it. Well, I already thought that Matt's going after Ty was justified. I was only looking at the rivalry as Matt wanting to lead the group, but it does make a lot more sense if he's aggressive towards Ty over the fact that TK likes being around Ty. And maybe in Matt's eyes, he can see it being that TK wants to be around Ty more than himself. And then, yeah, I, I agree. Like Ash and Gary's is easily a rivalry because Ash is an idiot and Gary's this self-centered human being. They Honestly, their rivalry can do whatever. I'm not bothered. <laughs> They're just, they're both just twerps. I like Gary more. No, I like, I, I like Ash more. Ash is an idiot, yeah, but Gary's insufferable. No, Ash is insufferable. I would rather watch an entire show for, about Team Rocket than either of them. Those Team Rocket are the best. Either, but Gary is the best. Even then, Misty and Brock don't really have any personality until it's called for in the episode. They're, they're basically just there so that Ash isn't stood by himself, which is kind of as bad as Ash being an idiot, as them just not existing that much. Pokemon's pretty bad in general with these characters. That's why a lot of people say that uh, Pokemon wins on the games, but Digimon wins on the TV show, and I wholeheartedly agree. For this season, at least, maybe when we get along a bit, it might change. Thinking back on all the episodes we've watched will be interesting, especially once we've got the final score as well. Well, the thing is, like, we... We know for a fact that Ash is going to finish his journey before Digimon does because Ash still has like two badges left to get and then also the entire of the Pokemon League. Meanwhile, there's like, what, five episodes left? And if we did all of Digimon compared to constantly running up to Pokemon, we'd probably get up to like maybe season two, just about. It's insane. Any more? No, something else. Come thanks, Well, yeah, thank you for, for the email. It was lovely. I love that email. For the forum post, then. Thank you for the forum post. It's it's definitely justified Matt's actions to me a bit more now, knowing that like maybe it's about TK, not so much the the leading the group. Yep, yeah, but I think we're ready to move on to the episode itself. Now. Yes. The first episode we are watching this time is Ogamon's. As Leomon 2.0 takes Joe and Mimi to a ruined city and dumps exposition on them, Ty and the rest of the kids fight Puppetmon's moving castle until Matt appears. And emotions puppet Mon to death, and then leaves before the writers try to give him any bad puns to say. Hooray! That was a really short summary for the episode. I've got lots of notes for. Yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more concise. I, I could have gone on about how Leomon gets killed and stuff, but I'm going to talk about it in the episode anyway. This is essentially just flavor text at the start, just to give everyone a brief idea. Digimon, 
Well, uh, it starts off with this new Digimon that's appeared saying that he won't hurt the kids. And Joe says he sounds familiar, which doesn't make sense because every time a Digimon evolves, they sound completely different. But somehow Joe knows that this Digimon sounds similar to another Digimon that they've heard before. I don't think he does. I think he does. It's not like that the same voice. He sounds different. He sounds a lot different to, to Leomon. He sounds maybe a tiny bit different to Leomon, who's completely not related to this Digimon. He sounds substantially different. No, he doesn't. He still sounds like Leomon. Nah, I don't believe that. The Etamon is still looking for the kids. Metal Etamon. Metal Etamon. Do I have to call him Metal Etamon? Maybe. I've just I've put him down as Etamon in this. But yes, this this new Digimon takes everybody to a safe place. Takes Joe, Mimi, and and Ogamon away because Metal Etamon is chasing them and trying to find them. Yeah, it's surprising because they very rarely trust any Digimon that was stumbled upon. But because he sounds familiar, it's he can get, they can go with him. It's fine. No, actually, they also seem to trust every Digimon they stumble across. It's a very case-by-case basis, whether they trust them or not. But yeah, they, uh, well, Joe notices the restaurant that he worked in before, except it's surrounded by a ruined city instead of a lake, where it was the last time he saw it, which raises a few questions which I think were quite interesting. So there's a few theories of why this is there now. There's one which is that the Dark Masters reconfigured the world and somehow put the restaurant there, or the one I like, which is that so much time has passed in the, in the digital world that... A city has built around the restaurant, and then the city has now been abandoned because of the Dark Masters. I think those works just fine. Which one do you prefer, though? Well, I guess the second one, because it makes it seem like the digital world is more alive. It seems like it's been doing something whilst it's been twisted up into a tower. The mysterious Digimon that we have no idea what it is turns into Leomon. <gasps> because it's Leomon! It was Leomon the entire time! And... He tells the kids how, when he was exposed to the Digivice, that Ty shone at him to get rid of the Black Gears. Apparently he's been evolving randomly and he can't control it. He's been Digivolving up two entire levels as well, which is very, very surprising. Considering when the light hit Leomon, Ty was only able to go up to Greymon himself. But somehow the light was able enough to make Leomon evolve to Saber Leomon. So all I'm saying is maybe Ty's actual partner was Leomon. Crest of Courage, Courage like a Lion, May- maybe Ty's actual partner's Leomon, because the light, tiny, the brief bit of light that he had was enough to make him turn into Omega. I'm just saying that today. Agumon is not actually Ty's partner, it's Leomon, and Agumon is my partner. They even have matching hair. They do. And then Ogumon is Matt's partner, because rivalry. So it cuts to the other kids who are still firing cannons at Puppetmon, at Poopitmon, who then... Don't call him Poopitmon. It's Poopitmon. Puppetmon. It's Poopitmon. And then they realise, well, Puppetmon Pup- Pup- realises that he's kind of outmatched by a single cannon, even though he was able to sub- uh, easily defeat the kids before. Decides to run away. And the kids run out to chase after him. And then, out of nowhere, there's lots of red Vegemon, which, have they just been under there the entire time? Like, the entire time... TK was there in the house with Poopitmon and the gang were fighting a single Kiwi mom. They just grow in the ground. And then they just walked away and they didn't even know that the kids were going to come back but somehow there's just these red Vegemon there. It's a lot of them though. It's a lot of them. Like the screen is filled with them. But do you remember that one episode where the kids spent the entire episode fighting that single Digimon? Which episode was that? The one with uh, Kiwi mom. They spent the entire episode fighting Kiwi mom. Oh yeah. And then the episode after that they spent an entire episode fighting Garbagemon. Oh, yeah. And then in this episode, they're spending the entire episode fighting 
Red Vegemon. Oh, yeah. They're just fighting increasing numbers. It's almost like they can't decide what to do with these kids whilst they'll tell these side stories. It's almost like they could only focus on one story arc at a time. So for everybody else, they just have to fight the Digimon of the week. I don't mind it. It's usually the other side of what was going on with this one. It is. I mean, Mimi and, the, um, Mimi and Joe's plot is quite good and I enjoy it. But the downside is that they also filled up the rest of this episode with random stock footage of attacks and evolutions. Yeah, I think there's at least seven evolutions that I've So after the Red Vegemon appear, Joe, it cuts back to Joe and Mimi who are talking to Otamamon and Geckomon who were hiding under the floorboards of the uh, restaurant. And they basically say how their castle's been destroyed by the Dark Masters and everything. So they've gone into hiding and they're now hiding in this ruined city. But then... Uh, Not really friends, more just subject. Mimi's having reservations about whether they can defeat the Dark Masters. And a conversation gets brought up, which I find really interesting. Which is... Because um, I forgot... I didn't know that this was a thing that they actually mentioned. I always thought this was like fan theory. Leomon says that maybe the kids got sent to File Island as a sort of test. See if they were strong enough to defeat the Dark Masters. Because they've always been there before Devimon. So maybe they were sent to File Island to fight Devimon as a test to see if they are capable of uh, defeating the Dark Masters. I don't buy it though. You don't? No. Because who's set up this test? Jedi? Genai? Seems incredibly irresponsible. It's Genai. To create an evil Digimon that rules over this island, putting lots of Digimon's lives in danger. Well, maybe he ruled over there anyway, and it's like he was the weakest of, of the, the, the people ruling places. And also it's an island in the middle of nowhere. So if you're going to drop the kids off somewhere, would you rather they be dropped off on File Island where there's one champion level to defeat? Or they could have ended up in on the continent of Server where there's Etamon, which they would have had no chance of defeating. Okay, so this whole this whole concept relies on them saying these evil Digimon just happen to be there. They happen to have increasing levels of power of the Digidestin we work on. Uh-huh, that's how most shows go. There always has to be increased stakes. And I feel like what Jedi and the others must have done is said, okay, these are the th- these are the, the, the threats we have in this world. This place in the middle of nowhere has got the least threat. Let's drop them off there so at least they can fend for themselves a bit and they can get used to where they are and see how they fare against defeating essentially this punk kid. <laughs> now that they can go up to ult- uh, to mega level, just looking at Devimon, you're like, it's just this punk kid who was lingering on an island for himself. He's like, this is mine. This is all mine. It's, like, it's not a big place, is it? It's a small island. Also, why is it now that they've actually been summoned like, initially to fight Devimon? It's been four years, and just now they've decided we should bring these kids in that we just had years and years ago. Because they're old enough now, and they're also in the same place. That actually makes sense. Because, maybe because they've also spent time trying to solve the issue themselves, and the kids were like a last resort. Because you don't see any of the other, the other people that uh, were part of Jedi's group. So maybe they all got wiped out one by one, Use like they had countermeasures and they kept failing and like the, the final like emergency red button to press was uh summon the kids there was summon kids button that they have i assumed it was the digivices they uh basically put them like it, that's what pulled them to that location 
That's the in-train Digimon summon tickets. Not summon the backs, as in like the Digivices themselves, when it was time to call the kids. It's because they went from that one location. That's where they ended up again. Like they went back to where they were left, where they were sent off from. But I feel like the the in training Digimon were in on File Island. Like this also supports the whole if they were on the continent a server or something, they could have the, the the baby Digimon wouldn't have survived. But if they were on like a tiny island with just Devimon, they could survive from De- Devimon. They could do that. I think it's all really heavily orchestrated. That happens a lot, though. That happens a lot in Digimon. It's just kind of like basically. Just don't think about the plot too much. Just don't don't look at the plot holes. Just ignore them. Jedi did everything, okay? But yeah, so they've they've talked about that, uh, and it cuts to the other kids who are fighting Red Vegemon, and then Agumon decides to evolve to War Greymon to fight Puppetmon, who it backfires because he gets snared with strings and starts attacking the kids, which is terrifying. And then Gatomon evolves to save Kari into uh, Angelwoman, and it, like there's the whole like thirty second evolution sequence just for her to jump in the way and and, and pull her out. Yeah, and then Tentamon digivolves, Theobald digivolves, everyone digivolves. And then change into power plays. Pretty sure this is the only time it gets played. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate because it could have been used for something else. At least it must have been a few episodes since I've heard A Digimon now. I don't miss it. It's a meh song. Hey Digimon, hey Digimon. to the boys and girls. In the middle of an episode when kids are in danger, it's, it's a bit bothersome. So they try and stop or Greymon from killing everybody. Puppetmon realises he's overpowered, but he keeps having flashbacks to Sherrymon because Cherrymon spoke to him, but he didn't agree with Cherrymon, so he destroyed him. And now he's like, ah, oh, what did Cherrymon say? And then uses his special trap card, which is make my mansion grow. And uh, it just becomes a person-shaped thing. It's Housemon. It's not a Digimon. What is it? I think it's called Housemon. Housemon. I don't think that's a thing. You know, this isn't the only time in the entire Digimon franchise where a building becomes alive and attacks things. Or they have to fight a building. Yeah, Housemon. Housemon is one of the Dark Master Puppet Mon's minions. Normally disguised as his house. That's awful. That's not a Digimon. What you're saying is that Housemon was being shot when Puppetmon has a gun that he's shooting around inside of Housemon. Yeah. So there's Housemon. Does that mean there's like Upholstery-mon and Soft Furnishing-mon and Plumbing-mon and, and, and Wicker Basket-mon and, and Wood Floor-mon? Possibly. The only entry I have about this is in like the Digimon book here. So and it doesn't have any Digivolutions. What, what will it Digivolve into? Like a, a semi-detached house? A, an apartment complex? A, a condo? Well, when you think about it, a Digimon is a digital monster. So... The Housemon is a house monster. In the trivia on his wiki page, it says, It's unknown if Housemon is really a Digimon. It could just be a nameless puppet created by Puppet on Something tells me it's the second one. So is it a puppet or is it a Digimon? It's a puppet. I think it's a Digimon. I think it's a puppet because it doesn't have any... It, it, it's it's not a Digimon. It, it doesn't have any strings on it. So? I, I think we should get everyone to vote. I'll do a poll later. Is Housemon a Digimon or a puppet thing? Fine, you should do that, but if everybody votes that it's a, it's a Digimon, then they're wrong. The polls never lie. They do lie. I mean, why is it called Housemon if it's not a Digimon? That's not its official name. It doesn't have an official name. Exactly, because it's not a Digimon. You don't know Housemon by kind What? Anyway, they were fighting Housemon. They were fighting the house, yep. And uh, Puppetmon runs away because he thinks he can get away. And then it cuts back to Joe and Mimi. Metal Etamon finds out where they are. 
and uh, Leomon evolves to fight him, even though earlier he said he can't control when it happens, which doesn't make sense. He changed into power. He changed into power. Uh, changes into Saber Leomon. And then this fight is just, this episode is just full of attacks with the wrong thing or names that aren't appropriate at all to what we're actually doing. What was the attack called? Something Claw? I've got a list of five attack names that don't fit what happened. We'll go through all of the attacks later, I think. Okay, okay. But I think the reason that Leomon evolves is because Housemon just appeared and Ty is scared so his crest of courage activates and his true partner evolves into saber leomon that's interesting every time that ties in a battle leomon is evolved that would be interesting this fight happens goman one evolves into a kakamon and then palmon's asking mimi if she should join the fight as well and mimi's not responding because mimi's like in distress as we've seen her do several times when she gets to when when there's a situation she can't control or calm herself down about she seems to shut down from the world which i thought she did it like two or three times but she's done it about four or five times now and i kind of really like this character trait in her of all the people who would have basically a breakdown and just a cutting out from people i could see mimi being the one to do it because she's the one who's so used to having luxuries and stuff and to be in a situation now where she has to basically grow up and come to terms with these quite adult themes of, of losing people and having to go to war essentially it, it's it's cool to see that she's got this thing where if she gets overwhelmed by a situation she just basically mentally shuts down and it's awful and i really like it it's made me appreciate mimi a lot more um, so she doesn't respond to palmon so ogamon goes in to fight etamon goes to fight metal etamon i'm sorry mimi tries to stop him by going up next to him and like holding him back so metal etamon decides to attack mimi instead which is good it's good to see villains actually trying to kill the kids because that's what they should be trying to do all the time yeah i it was quite good like i like the the idea of the kids being this important weakness that that the digimon will try and stop because they don't really do that they always just end up fighting the other digimon and stuff and the kids are just basically stood there being battery packs. Saber Leomon jumps in the way and gets hit by Metal Etamon's attack. But it's dark network, Thunderbolt. Which causes Joe to evolve Ikakamon into Zudomon, who uh, hits Et- uh, Metal Etamon, who then laughs because he tells everybody that he's made of chrome digizoid, which means he's invincible. Like the strongest metal in the digital world. Yeah, and then Zudamon throws his hammer and it cracks Etamon's, uh, Metal Etamon's chest because his hammer is also made from Chrome Digizoid. And this bit of plot information is weird and it's not been mentioned before and here it is. And now isn't this an interesting stuff that's happening? And I don't care. I don't care about Red Digizoid or Chrome Digizoid or Blue Digizoid or whatever that there is. It's not a thing. I don't care. It just doesn't make sense. Like, they don't need to bring up the whole... This is what I'm made of, so I'm stronger. But my hammer is also made of it, so your chest is exploded. But also, my hammer's okay. I reckon it's probably just some attempt to explain why Zudamon, the ultimate level, is beating Metal Etamon, the Mega Level. True. And then Saber Leomon gets the final strike in the crack in Metal Etamon's chest. Essentially punches him through the back. No, through the chest. Yeah, is it through his back into his chest, or is it through his chest into his back? Through the crack that Zudamon made. Oh, okay, okay. The way I saw it, it looked like it is, he'd gone through his back and like it come out of his chest. So the camera was like inside Metal Atomon looking at the hole that simply I was striking into. That's grim. Unless he punched straight through. Yep, so destroys Metal Atomon. Yay, one down, one to go. And then 
de-evolves back to Leoman and falls down. And then it cuts to the rest of the kids who are now attacking Housemon and Puppetmon's running away. And then suddenly Metal Garuamon appears. And uh, so does Matt. But Matt doesn't seem to say a lot, which is quite good. I was expecting to say some really bad pun. So that's cliche. Yeah, but he doesn't really say anything. And then uh, Puppetmon tries to control Metal Garuamon. And Matt says that's not going to work. And then just gets completely obliterated by Metal Garuamon's attack. And he gets frozen to death. Yeah, basically, because he goes kind of blue and asks himself what the kids have that he doesn't. And Choumon responds with friends, even though Choumon isn't there anymore. So the kids with the press of friendship, he did the Dark Blaster with no And then he walks away because he's now feeling things. And then Puppet One's area starts decaying. He's done what he needs to do. He doesn't want to stay around and say any more silly lines. So... He leaves, and uh, Puppetmon's area starts decaying around them, and uh, cuts back to Mimi and Joe and everybody, and they're all around Leomon and all in tears, and Leomon's like, it's okay, guys, I'm just going to go back to Primary Village and, and rejuvenate myself, and then just dissolves, and everybody's really sad, and it's like, no, he just said that he's going to go back to Primary Village, it's not like it's a permanent thing, it's kind of like an inconvenience for him, if I'm honest. But everyone's just in tears. Joe and Mimi decide that they're going to go and take a trip to Primary Village to see everybody. But Ogamon says that Primary Village won't work because the Dark Masters have corrupted it, which is kind of great as a plot point. Leomon thought he'd be reborn, it's not a big problem, but it kind of is, because one thing we've not really seen since they've come back to the digital world are like other Digimon. We've only seen the evil ones. We've not seen any of like Monochromon or whatever. We don't see them just being themselves. So it makes you think maybe most of the Digimon in this world have been killed and they're basically floating in limbo waiting to be reborn, which is kind of awful. And it raises the stakes a lot more because now all the Digimon that have been killed are actually dead until they solve this problem. Essentially, yeah. Like, now the kids have something to fight for for this world, not just, oh, we need to stop the Dark Masters because they've made the world weird. It's, they've essentially killed all of the Digimon in this world apart from their minions. So it's either work for them or be destroyed. Any that have been destroyed can't come back to life because they've corrupted Primary Village. And that's kind of really cool as a plot device. It's also a really simple way of forcing Mimi to fight because now she has a chance to bring her friends back. Essentially, that's why Saber Leomon comes back. It's specifically so that they can give Mimi this reason to fight. So that's why Metletamon and Saber Leomon have returned because A, we get to see them stronger and they get to show us new Digimon by the Toys Kids. But also, they give Mimi a reason to go and fight now because the natural flow of this world has stopped and she wants to go see her friends. And the only way she can get her friends back and essentially save her friends, how her friends have saved her, by defeating the Dark Masters and restoring the digital world to its natural way. Joe and Mimi then decide that they're going to fight to save both worlds. They ask Ogamon to fight with them as well, which is quite good. And they decide to go and find other, essentially, survivors who won't work for the Dark Masters. And this is kind of the start of their small army which they're going to assemble and i'm really happy it's really great i like mimi and joe building this little army of digmans i feel that they've got up on their own different plot. otherwise they w- would have had just three episodes of just fighting increasing groups of digimon yeah hopefully now we can just focus on the main group or what's left of the main group well the episode ends with them walking along uh like a desert road they're in the desert again yay and that's how the episode ends. Any more notes? Yeah, I have more notes. So, first of all, I want to list off the attack names and what the attacks actually were. Actually, let's see if you can guess or remember. Okay, so, what do you think? Banana Slip, 
It's a punch. Yeah, that's correct. It punches Sable the other. Next, there is Wind Fang from Sable the other. What do you think it does? It's. He shoots. No, Twin Fang's the one where he like slashes with his claws. Nope, it's where he launches needles from his fur. That's the one. Okay, this. The, I thought it was one of the two. I know there is one where he shoots needles from his like fur. Yeah, that's Twin Fang. Next, there's Metal Punch from Metal Atomar. What do you think it does? Is that also a punch? Yep, both Banana Slip and Metal Punch punches Sable Okay. Next, we've got Twin Fang from Sable again. What do you think it is this time? That's the claws. That's when he like swipes at them with his fist. Yep, that's when he basically punches into Metal Atomar So Twin Fang is both a kind of punch and also watching needles from his fur. I'm pretty sure that the needles was called like Thousand Needles or something like that. According to this episode, it's Twin Fang. Never uses the fangs that he has. Nope, Twin Fang has nothing to do with his fangs in any contact. And the last one I've got is Metal Warclaw from Metal Gurira. Which is firing like Frost Breath, basically. Yep, Metal Warclaw is Frost Breath. None of the names match up, apart from Metal Punch. We've got two names for one attack. We've got one name for two attacks, both of which don't match the name. And then we've got one name for one attack, which has nothing to do with the name of the attack. Yay, Digimon, being weird since 1999. They got all these attacks so right. Let's see, other notes are that this episode has very little to do with Pokemon's honor. Yeah, he's in like a small amount of it. Not really the focus at all. Focus is more finishing off Metal Atomon and Pokemon more than anything. And also finishing off Sable How did you feel when Sable died? And were you sad for God? Not really. Nah, I don't really care either. Leomon's never really done that much. I feel like if Leomon had come back instead of Sable Leomon, maybe. But because it's like we got introduced to this new character for essentially an episode. And all that I did for this episode was be kind of mean to Pokemon. And yeah, and just carry the kids away. Until he died. When he died, it was like, Pokemon, I will see you like can keep fighting. What other notes? I'm that one of the Red Vegemon made a dolphin sound. Mm. That was pretty funny. That was pretty good. Because because noise. Uh, dolphin sound, Red Vegemon. Red Vegemon's part of dolphin. I could see that, kind of. <laughs> I actually quite liked all the Red Vegemon turned up because there was just so many of them. It was pretty dolphin. Yeah, and they're like champion level as well, so they kind of weren't prepared for it. Yeah, they were so massively outnumbered. It was a lot better than when the garbage one turned up and there was three. They were basically there just to give the, the gang something to do whilst uh, Joe and Mimi had their story. One last thing, the flashback scenes are just a laser reuse of animation. Which flashback scenes? Pokemon flashbacks to Charimon saying things. Oh yeah, I thought you meant the ones with Geckomon. I was like, but those are new stuff. Yeah, that's new. Cool. What was your favourite thing? My favourite thing was Pokemon. Again, I think. Pokemon's just been really good villain. He's had this clear weakness this entire time that everyone watching has known that he's not realised, which is that basically no one is on his side except him, and he can't win this fight alone. All of his own minions turn against him. The only one really on the side is Housemon, and that may or may not even be a Digimon. Actually, you know what Housemon is? He said to TK that he can make a friend. He went and made a friend, and it was a house. He just turned the entire house into this killing machine. Yeah, I like Puppetmon. Puppetmon, um, I did that poll for this art thing that I'm doing, and uh, Puppetmon was the, the best. The well-developed character. And then Machundemon was the worst, so get ready for those two together in something. Puppetmon actually has his own proper art as well, which is something that most of the villains haven't had when they've really changed at all. Puppetmon's gone from just being really confident to doubting himself because of Cherrymon. And then at the end, he's still wondering what it was kind of do feel sorry for him. It's the only villain that we've had that I feel sorry for. But we've only had two so far. 
No, of all of them. Of all, of all the villains we've had so far. Pokemon last because he didn't have any friends. Which is sad. If he wasn't evil, he might be able to have friends. I mean, he could do some pretty cool stuff. Like, he can teleport. He's also got a gun hammer, so, like, that's my favourite thing. What was your favourite thing? How Matt was in this for, like, 30 seconds and didn't have any bad lines. There was a perfect amount of Matt in this episode. 30 whole seconds of Matt came in, did a thing, and left. Like, I'm not even saying that to be, like, silly or funny. I'm being serious. Like, it was quite effective, him just being there. And because the amount of times he's said puns and stuff, and, like, we have... we. We both have this mutual hatred for Matt, but in this, like, he just turned up and just destroyed a Dark Master in one shot and then left and didn't say anything stupid. You know what he did? What? He was a good friend. He had everyone's back when they were fighting Housemark. Yeah, like, he did good this episode. Pokemon didn't have anyone watching his back. Like, he just straight up kills one of the Red Vegemite. Yeah, Matt did good. Matt was a, a good egg in this episode, so he gets a bit of... He gains some Matt points. But, like, a few compared to the chasm of points he's lost. Yeah, he's had, like, one good episode now. Overall thoughts? I think it's a really good conclusion to Pokemon up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they could only do so much with with him. Like, they couldn't have dragged it out for too long. It felt like the right length. It probably could have been an episode shorter. If they, instead of having the half-and-half thing with Ninja and Joe's episodes, just had one Mimi and Joe episode. To be fair, though, if you take all of the Puppetmon stuff and all of the Mimi and Joe stuff, it would have shortened it down into maybe an episode shorter. Yeah, that's what I just said. It could have maybe been an episode shorter. But I like it. I mean, it was good to have the, the two different things going on at the same time. Yeah, I'm glad that Puppetmon had this little arc where he just is just a selfish child who wants to do these things. He doesn't necessarily want to rule the world either. He just wants to have friends and play games with them. Awful games. And then I like, especially Mimi, I like how Mimi's finally gone from I don't want to fight because people get hurt to people get hurt anyway, let's fight. So that makes me really happy. I mean, I wasn't too concerned about Metal Etamon or Saber Leomon. I'm not particularly bothered. Uh, but I do like the fact that uh, Joe and Mimi have both now got Ogremon as a friend and they've both decided to say, you know what, we don't really have a choice in this. We can't not fight. This is what not fighting's got us. So let's go and be the most fighting we can. I'm actually glad that Metal Etamon came back because I think in a way he showed how the kids have grown, even though Metal Etamon didn't Even though he's come back stronger, he hasn't developed at all. Like he's personality and characters exactly the same. It's a little like when they fought Shalmon. Yeah, exactly. It's something that's come back and it's essentially like a little measuring stick where they can see their development. Yeah, Metalatamon still had the same problems in Especially like Zudamon was able to just crack him open, essentially. So Billy Oman did the final attack, but like Zudamon pretty much did it all. Yeah, I'm glad that Metal Smog came back for that reason. Plus, he is just a poor villain. He all these bad jokes that actually fit his character. And to be fair, it's better than them just sitting with Ogamon and talking. They needed these two mega level Digimon to separate the groups so they still had people to fight against. And also, it's it's kind of like very Metal Etamon for him to just sort of come back in a blaze of glory just to fail miserably. Yeah, definitely. And he wasn't around for too long as well, which is good. It was just a comeback tour. The second episode we're watching is so near, yet so far-fetched. Ash and Co. and Team Rocket run into a kid with a far-fetched that is conning people and stealing their Pokemon. Misty and Team Rocket have their Pokemon stolen, but side up escapes from the kid and returns to lead Ash and Co. straight to. Meanwhile, Team Rocket catch up with the kid, but our centre wave is a lot of Pokemon. 
walls, filled exclusively with Voltorb. Ash and Co. accompanied by Officer Jenny, who does nothing to help really, battle the kids far-fetched, who puts up a strong fight to the kids' surprise, but then hits side up too many times, triggering side up the psychic powers and losing the battle. The kid learns his lesson and isn't punished at all for breaking the law multiple times. I don't know what the kid's name is, if you put it there. Yeah, it's not mentioned in this at all. Can we call him Billy? Yes! Billy the kid. Yes, I like that. Billy and his farfetch. I've tried to make a note of what their names are so we can so I can actually call them their names, and at no point do they mention his name. So we christen him Billy. So he is called Billy, and he is a kid. It starts off with them in the forest. Yes. They start in either forest, desert, or city. That's it. There's never anywhere else. The mountains. Has there? There was like one episode of Chance that they started in the mountains. Oh no, they're on a forest path to the mountain. They're either always in a forest or a desert or a city. I mean, they've been at the beach a couple of times, but... They're in an underwater ship. That doesn't count, that's part of an arc. This is just, now we're sat on a rock and Brock is polishing the egg, which no one seems to really care about at all. Until next episode. Maybe. The next episode's title kind of gives it away. You don't know that. You don't know what this egg is. It could be anything. It could be an egg. Could It could be. But yeah, so... Brock has been polishing this egg. Ash is on his Pokedex looking at Farfetch'd because apparently they've been seen around there. And they're really rare because they've almost been eaten to extinction. Yeah, the Pokedex entry basically talks about how Farfetch'd is a delicious meal, especially when cooked with the leak it carries. So what I got from this is Farfetch'd is a walking meal and it's nearly extinct. And it's like, that's so awful. Really sad. We designed a Pokemon that's basically just a nice meal there for you. It's ge- it's genetically predisposed to find a leak so that it can be a delicious meal. I don't get the leak though. It's probably a reference to some Japanese cultural thing. So Ash is looking at Pokedex entries of Farfetch'd because there's they've been seen in this forest, but are also extremely rare because they're almost extinct. And Brock goes to get water for everybody, and then Ash decides to go with him. Because he might see a far-fetched. Something along those lines. And then uh, Misty gets him to fill up his uh, canteen as well. And then uh, Misty's like really tired. So she sits on a rock and starts like hitting her legs. It's a way of massaging your legs if they've they've got stiff. I do it sometimes to my legs because my legs seize up a fair amount. And then Psyduck is sat near her. And she just insults Psyduck for having the audacity of being there. I can't remember exactly what she says. But I know that she just insults him. Or Psyduck. Because Psyduck. I really like Psyduck. Psyduck's amazing. Psyduck's really cute. It's a little chubby duck who has to be abused to get its powers. Like, I don't care for Golduck. Golduck's a bit meh, but Psyduck's pretty cute. Then she hears someone shouting and it's saying far-fetched, quite clearly saying far-fetched. But she's like, who's there? It's like, it's saying far-fetched. Far-fetched. What is that noise? Is somebody there? Far-fetched. Is that a person? What do you want? Far-fetched. I think it's far-fetched. That shouldn't work out for this far-fetched. I don't know about you, but the amount of times I've written the word far-fetched in my notes, I can't see the word anymore. It's just, it's just a weird word. Why is it even called far-fetched? Is it because it's, it's far-fetched that a duck would be born with a leak? Basically, yeah, that's that's where the name comes from. That's dumb. But it's like F-A-R-F-E-T-C-H apostrophe D. Yeah, it's got an apostrophe in it because it's weird. <laughs> I do like the way far-fetched says far-fetched though. Far-fetched, far-fetched. Far-fetched. Yep, she goes off to find out where the noise is and lo and behold... There's a farfetch walking towards her. What a surprise! It basically walks up to her, flips its leak in the air, turns around and runs away. And she chases it because it's a farfetch. And oh my gosh, it's a farfetch. It's amazing. It's just a duck with a leak. Yeah, but Psyduck doesn't have a leak. 
But Psyduck's better. Psyduck has psychic powers and a constant headache. And he's adorable. Farfetch'd is cooler. Yeah, but he's really squidgy when you squeeze him. It is Farfetch'd or Psyduck. Psyduck. Farfetch'd is literally, out of all the Pokemon, the one that is just a... It's just an animal. It's just a duck. But it has a leak. Okay, it's it's basically a duck with a leak stuck, like leaning on it. It's the least Pokemon of all Pokemon. But it can use leak slap. At least with most uh, Pokemon, they tend to take an animal and an element, stick the two together. They tend to stick with a color scheme. So if it's like a fire type, it will be orange. If it's a grass type, it will be green. There are some variations, but mostly it's that. And then like they try and add something of that element to the name, except for normal types, which get a few bits of different treatment. But like Farfetch'd is probably, I mean, even Pidgey looks different to a pigeon. And Spearow doesn't look like a sparrow, but a farfetch just looks it's a duck. With a leak. Whoa, look at this amazing Pokemon izing they did. They took an animal which was a duck and they Pokemonified it, which is to add a single leak in its hand. That's it. It's just a duck, but they've just given it a leak and now it's 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 actually a Pokemon. I just want this to be a baby form of farfetch, which is just a leak. So the leak just grows a duck when it evolves. That's awful. Like, like farfetch is kinda cool. It's just it's a duck. Misty chases it for quite a while. It seems like a really long chase scene. And then he just bumps into the guy. Billy. <laughs> into Billy then. He's she bumps into Billy and uh, he hands her her bag back and leaves and she was like ah oh, Farfetch has gone missing this isn't suspicious at all and just returns to Ashenbrock and then she tells them that she tried to catch a Farfetch and they get mad at her for trying to catch a Farfetch and Brock says have you been sneaking around behind our backs I'm like what is this because girls cannot catch a Pokemon how dare you go and try and do what we're doing this this show is called Pokemon pocket monsters we have monsters in our pockets and you wanted to go and get a monster and put it in your pocket you heathen so apparently misty is sneaking around their backs which i think is a bit of a bad phrase they could have changed that into something else but also girls cannot catch pokemon by themselves how dare they i mean what does ash even want a far-fetched it's a duck i don't know how else to say this but it's a duck but it's a does it matter? Apparently. Misty opens up her backpack and it's full of stones wrapped in paper. I thought they were muffins. Why? Because they look like muffins. Apology muffins. Like, sorry that I stole all your Pokemon. Lol JK have muffins. Oh no, he's stolen all my Pokemon. But he's made some really nice almond muffins. That'd be great. No, it wouldn't. It would be amazing if you just baked for everyone that you stole from. It wouldn't be as bad as opening up your bag and there's stones in there. You'd be like, oh no, he stole my Pokemon, but there are some nice muffins here. But also, like... Maybe if they saw muffins, they would have been like, oh no, we've accidentally switched bags. Not, oh no, he's stolen my Pokemon because these are rocks. Well, they still thought that was an accident anyway, because they're clever. Does this kid just have tons of different versions of bags? Yeah. Okay, how expensive would that be? Very. He probably used to have many, many Farfetch, and he just sold lots of them. That's grim. He made it grim. So yeah, somehow he's managed to find out that Misty has this one type of bag, and now has filled it with rocks and then switched them. And, like, you would know if you had a different bag because people tend to know their bags, even, like, to the, the, the stains that there are on there or the little scratches or whatever. You tend, tend to know fairly easily what bag you've got. Well, he manages to pull it off. The stealing of Misty's Pokemon. But you can also tell that Farfetch'd is the kids because they have the same little hair tuft. They like to make the trainers look like the Pokemon. And sometimes give them names relevant to their jobs or whatever they do. So basically, it turns out that the kid has been tricking trainers into trying to catch Farfetch because they're rare in these woods. And then he swaps their bags and keeps all the loot in there. So he goes back to his little campsite and he's looking at his loot and Farfetch points out Team Rocket's there. Yay, the true main characters are working by. 
basically this show is a side show to the actual show which is the team rocket show and we were looking at all the side characters doing their thing so yeah team rocket's there he goes and talks to them and says he's willing to part with his far-fetched and his staryu and starmy he leads them to a place he basically takes them to a with a boat there but he says that he needs to go and get something back from his camp so he leaves team rocket with his bag and far-fetched and Team Rocket is so smug about how easy this is. And it's like, ah, oh, bless them. Like, they should know when they're being conned. But they're like, no, we're just going to steal this bag of Pokemon. <laughs> and they keep saying things like, uh, they should always do this. And like, let good things happen to them. They found their winning formula. It's like, okay, but you can't just make good things happen to you. That's not a winning formula. They're not the greatest bunch. No, they're not. But they're the best. So they try and make a getaway in this boat. But this cock comes out of the hole in the bottom of the boat and just starts it. Because this was Billy's plan all along. Ha ha ha. I mean, what happens if they just ran off? How did he know the cock would spring out while they were going back in the boat? I assume it's like in such a precarious position that it would over time. But uh, yeah, what happens if Team Rocket, instead of taking the boat, just ran away? Very good point. If they just got in the balloon instead. Just flew away and he's like, oh, there they go. Why did they install the balloon when they're off on the travels? In their pockets. Do they have a magic bag too? They do. Everything just goes in Pokeballs. The boat starts to sink and uh, they open the bag and they find out there's more muffins. Slash rocks. How can you think they're muffins though? They're grey. What muffins have you eaten that are stone grey? Those must be some sad muffins. Their boat starts sinking and Farfetch just steals Team Rocket's Pokemon. Because their Pokeballs float in the water. Even though we've seen in a previous episode with Misty, she throws the Pokeball in the water and it sinks to the bottom. So... What's up, Pokemon? Excuse that, Pokemon. I'm not... <laughs> What's up, Pokemon? It's Philoplot. 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 I'm not going to call out Pokemon for something silly as that. I mean, it's, it's not like they need to stick to certain rules to keep this universe realistic. But yeah, so their Pokeballs float away and uh, Farfetch is there with a little basket and it's leak and it's just flicking them into its basket and then just attacks Meowth for no reason. <laughs> just because Meowth's there, he just starts hitting it with its leak. It's using leak slap. Leak slap is the most powerful move. Yeah, they all fall down a waterfall that's also there because why not? And then Farfetch just returns to the kid with uh, all the Pokemon that he's got. But my question is, does that mean that boat is now just sunk there forever? Does that mean he has to buy a new boat each time as well? I think he pulls a different stunt every time. These are expensive stunts. Very expensive stunts. This is why he lives in a tent in a forest. He spent all his money saving up to buy things for these stunts. All these crimes. Let's just call them what they are. They're crimes. Yeah, they are. It cuts to Ash and Co who are telling an Officer Jenny, which sounds so racist. It's one of the Officer Jennies. We don't know which one. They're telling one of the Officer Jennies about the kid. It turns out this kid's been doing it for weeks. He's just been stealing Pokemon. And Officer Jenny's done nothing about it. Even though, like, we've had a previous episode where kids have been going missing for weeks. And then she has a machine which can help find the kids. And then there's also an Officer Jenny who has said uh, that a kid has been missing in a forest for years and doesn't do anything about it and then sets off to find him in the episode and this time it's that there's this kid stealing pokemon for weeks and she does nothing about it until ash and co arrive so they head off to find him it cuts back to the kid and he's sat telling farfetched how they met how he found it injured on the side of a road and he nursed it back to health and then they started stealing it's like why are you saying this farfetched knows this he was there you were there you were both there but you know clunky exposition is clunky and they have to tell us about their backstory and then he starts contemplating the morality of his actions 
She's like, I know we shouldn't steal, but we have to because you're a weak Pokemon. It's like, oh, you could catch more than Farfetch'd, you know? No, because Farfetch'd is too weak. Farfetch'd can't do anything. Could practice with it, sell it for food. No, Sam. Farfetch'd is too weak. Far too weak to do anything. But you know who's not weak? Psyduck, because he breaks out his Pokeball. As usual. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. I'm going to go find Misty. Waddles off to find Misty. And he ends up finding her with uh, Ash and Co. and Jenny. She mentions all the Pokemon she's missed, like, who have been stolen. And then Ash mentions Psyduck. And Misty's like, oh, it's only Psyduck. And then Psyduck's there, she's like, oh my god, it's Psyduck. She runs over and hugs it. And I'm like, oh, that's really cute. But then uh, she starts asking questions like, oh, do you know where the kid went? Are the other Pokemon there? Etc, etc. And it's slowly getting more and more and more angry at Psyduck because Psyduck doesn't respond apart from Psyduck. Because what's Psyduck supposed to say? Psy. So it starts off with her just being like, oh my god, are you okay? What's happening? Where is everybody? What's going on? Why are you like this? What is your damage? And just gets angry and angry at Psyduck. I'm like, no, don't get mad. Psyduck's like, you had a go at me. I went to my Pokeball and I came out and you weren't there and I found you because I love you and now you're shouting at me again. I don't know what's happening. So Psyduck is the best. Psyduck should just go and join Team Rocket and then go off and do adventures. No. Yeah. No. So Psyduck leads the kids eventually back to the other kid. Back to Billy. (laughs) But before that, Team Rocket find the kid. And he gives them all the Pokemon he has as an, as an apology. Yeah, he gives them back our box and using and a lucky tongue for some reason. I thought this was where they get a lucky tongue from. So now they do get one eventually. It's just lots and lots of Voltorb. Where did he get all the Voltorb? He sends them away with lots of Pokeballs. Lots of Pokeballs of, full of Pokemon that he can have. they can have. Doesn't say which ones they are. Then uh, Ash and Co. appear as Team Rocket fly away. And uh, Ash gets mad because he stole the Pokemon they trained. And uh, like the way it's worded, Ash is kind of like, we trained these Pokemon, we made them strong, and you stole them from us. And it's, it's not like, these are our friends and you stole them. It's, these are our tools and you took them away from us. You should have worded that better, Ash. You're, it seems like you're more concerned that he's taken your battle team instead of your friends well he didn't take anything from that i don't know why ash is getting involved also like instead of immediately arresting him officer jenny suggests that they should battle the kid yeah they should show him what a real pokemon trainer does friendship so yeah basically jenny wants to teach him the power of friendship because even though he stole pokemon for weeks she's like no we will teach him the power of friendship and stuff and ash is like yeah friendship and at no point has anybody gone He's a criminal. Arrest him. Take the duck away. Put him in a prison somewhere for petty theft. So Ash sends out Bulbasaur to fight Farfetch'd. By the way, at this point in my notes, I've stopped saying Farfetch'd. It's just Farf. So it's Bulbasaur versus Farf. And Farf wins by beating Bulbasaur with its leak a lot. So it uses leak slap. It's like the only move it knows. Is that a flying type move? No, it's a normal type move. Oh, that's a shame. Why would it be a flying type move? Hitting them with a plant. If anything, it would be a grass type move. So then Psyduck wants to fight. So Farfetch attacks Psyduck and hits it with a leak. Psyduck basically gets hit enough and Misty's like, almost there. Wait for it. Psyduck's like, no, I don't want this. I don't know what's happening anymore. Why is this happening? Now my head hurts a lot. And then Psyduck's headache gets too much and it uses Disable. And then he learns the power of friendship. Cuts to Team Rocket, who open the Pokeballs in their basket. And I'm like, what if they're like Onyxes or something? Wouldn't you rather like wait till you're on the ground so you don't just open it and then find out it's something dangerous and then you just get thrown out of your basket? But they find out it's lots and lots of Voltorb. So they just throw the Voltorb overboard and they land around the kid who apologizes as they explode and uh, says he won't steal again. And I'm like, okay, that's 
really weird. But like, these are someone's Pokemon that he stole. But did you notice how when the Voltorb explode, they explode into smoke and then disappear? No. Yeah, they explode into a cloud of smoke, like tiny smoke balls, and the smoke just dissipates. So the Voltorb are dying. They're just dissolving out of existence. Dropping lots of Voltorb as they just... Pfft, of existence. Why? They shouldn't self-destruct to that extent. Apparently they did. That was silly of them. And then uh, it transitions over to a sunset because all the epilogues of episodes end like this. There's always a sunset and everything's all solved. Been another pokey day. Yeah, another day in the life of this adventure into hubris by Ash and the girl. And Brock. And the one who does the cooking and stuff. Jenny says that all the people aren't pressing charges because they got their Pokemon back. I'm like, um, no. If I spent weeks thinking my Pokemon are gone, I'd definitely sue him. I know it's been like four weeks and you, you, you've you lost all your Pokemon. You think they've been taken forever, but here they are. Oh my God, they're back. Who stole them? Just a kid. Oh, he's fine. Leave him to it. Oh, but he's stolen from like 30 different trainers. It's fine. It's not a thing. It's not like he's done a crime or anything. He just took them away for a bit. But he gave them back. He didn't want to, did he? Well, he decided to. Because of the power of friendship. His only true crime was not believing in Farfetch'd. A duck hit another duck with a leak, and then he learned to be a good person. Yeah. I'm not even joking. That's how it works. That's the plot of the episode. A duck hit another duck with a root vegetable, and then he learned the power of friendship. You should always believe in your duck. You should. That's the true moral of the story. Always believe in your ducks and root vegetables. No, just the ducks. Maybe. Just the duck. I mean, you can give any, any uh, duck or mallard any sort of vegetable and they'll be okay with it so the kid just walks off without his backpack even though it's on the floor he could have emptied it and then taken the backpack to put his supplies in but he's like nope i'm gonna leave with just my shorts but the backpack probably has a lot more things in there probably can you imagine if he's like just put rocks in there and he's still got the pokeballs with him but shrank down and he's like haha i'm going to run away and see all these because he learned nothing because two ducks hitting each other doesn't solve weeks of crime but yeah he walks off without his backpack because why would he need that to put any important supplies in he's just gonna die in the wild i guess well he's going to have to eat a duck at least he has one available it's going to kill his father because he has nothing else but yeah it cuts back to team rocket who are flying along saying they're not going to tell the boss that there was another kid stealing Pokemon instead of them. And then there's just a random Voltorb because how would they not notice this Voltorb in this tiny basket? I don't know. But there it is and boom and Team Rocket blast off because funny. I forgot how bad this episode was over the past few days. Yeah, it's a kid stealing Pokemon and then the, the power of two ducks hitting each other. The power of ducks. Basically it's duck power. You said duck too much. But yeah, this just ends with them blowing up because Team Rocket needs to blast off somehow. And that's it. That's it, yeah. Any notes? Anything else you want to say about it? There are a couple good jokes. Name one. They said Grand Theft Pokemon. Uh Uh-huh. Where are the good jokes? There's also Team Rocket saying he tricked us two times in one episode to break the fourth wall a little bit. Okay, that was quite good. Meowth breaking the fourth wall, yeah. And there were the sound effects from Farfetch hitting things with a leak. It's the sound of a leak hitting another duck. Yeah, it's it's the sound of one duck a smaller duck hitting a larger plumper duck with a leak we all know that sound we've all heard that at some point in our lives it's an everyday common occurrence the amount of times we've had to stop this podcast because we can hear the sound of ducks hitting other ducks with vegetables outside it's insane specifically leaks it's an epidemic basically any other notes as usual i found the conversations with the pokemon kind of stupid when misty was asking silent boss questions i found that funny because he he was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier because what else is he gonna say lots of questions with no answers so it's a complete waste of time it was funny but 
it's still not really important at all. Also, what does Billy do with the Pokemon that he steals? How does he profit from them? Uh, he just has them. How does he then survive them? Also, how does he feed them? Well, he just keeps them in the Pokeballs, but... If he's had them for weeks, they must have needed food at some point. He's, surely he's sold some of the Pokemon he's had. But it's okay, because everybody's getting all of the Pokemon back. All the damage that he's caused has been reversed at the end of this episode. Yes, because they left behind a bag of nothing. Also, quick point that Ash once again used the wrong Pokemon type in the battle. Who should he have used? Pikachu. Birds can be electrocuted. I think that's everything. Cool. Favourite thing? I sometimes forget how much I actually appreciate Psyduck. Mine is also Psyduck. Because, like, Psyduck saves the day in this, basically. If Psyduck didn't break out of his Pokeball and then go and find Misty and lead them back, they wouldn't have found the kid. But they only have him on for a quick joke. It's a shame that they do that with Psyduck all the time, instead of having these fun episodes with him involved. Do you think Psyduck's going to evolve at any point? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Misty's travelling with Ash, so probably the bad trainer like this has passed on to her. It's contagious. If you travel with bad trainers, your Pokemon will never evolve. We were talking about a duck. Which one, though? The good one. Although Farfetch is good as well. Farfetch is kind of cool. Farfetch is definitely my second favourite duck Pokemon in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Yes, a leap. I am well aware of the vegetable. Anyway, overall thoughts. The plot's kind of weak. The plot is basically, there's a duck with a leak, and then this kid steals Pokemon, and then everything is solved by a battle. And the moral of the story is believe in your ducks and you'll be forgiven for theft. I know Pokemon's not rooted in reality, but I do think that this kid getting away scot-free and that he comes to this realisation that everything's like he can do whatever he wants and doesn't have to steal through a single battle, which takes maybe a minute. And it's essentially just his duck is hitting things with the leak. I don't really believe that that's the thing that could happen and yeah it's filler yep it's just another filler episode it, it, like one of the big problems with pokemon is it's like 90 percent filler sometimes it's gross but most of the time it's just bland there's good filler i'm trying to think of the last good filler episode we had yeah okay yeah yeah like that was quite a good episode and it was filler but it was it did something different I feel like if you're going to do filler, make it something we haven't seen before. Don't make it this cookie cutter of, here's the Pokemon, it's all about the Pokemon, and the battle saves the day. It had a few funny moments. What did you think of it? It was fine. I liked the duck Pokemon, and that's pretty much it. The duck had a leak. Now, it's time for Mono A Mono, where we do that thing, where we talk about the similarities and also the differences. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. Uh, mine's far-fetched. It's a duck with a leak. Yeah, it's it's the laziest Pokemon design. It's duck plus a leak. I like the bell. Yeah, it's cool. Thank you. It's got the little spiky hair. I mean, I just like that it slaps things with a leak. That's a new called leak slap. That's just hilarious to me. And I like the way it says far-fetched, far-fetched, far-fetched. I like it because it's the least Pokemon of the Pokemon. It's basically just a duck. They've got a duck and they just like, is this a duck you've got there? Like, they're, they're in a meeting for designing Pokemon. And they're like, and what have you got? And he can't draw at all. So we just got like a, a clip art of a duck and then like a clip art of a leak and just drag the two together. And like, whoa, that's the best. What was your monster of the week? Apparently my monster of the week is Sable I'd love to know why. I would love to know why. It's a cool Mega Level Digimon. It uses Twin Fang twice, neither of which has anything to do with its fangs, which is amusing. It also dies tragically. It's not tragic though, is it? Sacrifices himself, that's good. It's interesting. It's more than most characters do in Digimon. Usually the characters just die while winning. Well, this isn't the first time that a, po- a, a Digimon has basically died to save Mimi, because we had Chumon do the same thing. And Pixmon died for everyone. Not specifically for Mimi, though. Like, this is two Digimon that Mimi have, has basically 
watched die trying to save her. I'm confused. Bless her. What? Sigurdjian jumped above Mimi to block the attack. Yeah. Why didn't you just land on top of Mimi and crush her? Because plot. It's not bother animating that. No, he gets it where the attack lands right on top of Mimi, like just kills her instantly because he's like a ton. Then Leoman dissolves. Mimi's dead. Now what? Which one do you think had the best storyline? Digimon. Yeah, I mean Pokemon is like it's so weak. There's nothing. It's literally just some ducks. It's it's half hour half hour of duck. It's so flimsy with its morals. Is it trying to tell us that stealing is wrong, or is it trying to tell us that not believing your friends is wrong? Because it, it seems confused about which is worse. At least in Digimon, we had. Joe and Mimi having actual character development, and we had some actual progression with Poopitmon being killed. Digimon had two plots running side by side, whereas Pokemon just did the same thing twice, just once with Ash and Co, once with Team Rocket, and that was it. So it was barely a plot. Any similarities? Uh, no, I couldn't really think of any. Yeah, I couldn't either. They're both getting to quite different le- levels now. It's hard to derive. You can't really find similarities between lots of stuff happening and pretty much exactly the same thing that happened last time happening again because there's nothing pokemon's just doing nothing over and over again yeah it's just more filler differences any significant differences apart from the fact that digimon has introduced us to housemon there were no leaks in digimon (laughs) or ducks no there were no ducks either only one of them had leeks, so we know which one's better. Actually, no. There were vegetables in both of them, because red Vegemon. There we go. We have found the one similarity. There are root vegetables. Is, is a leek a root vegetable? I mean, it has roots. Yeah, it probably is a root vegetable. It, does it, grow, it doesn't really grow underground, unless the le- I don't know. I don't know about roots. Nor me, really. Okay, uh, which one did you enjoy the most? Digimon. I like that this is the the episode where Mimi and Joe basically go, okay, no, we don't really have a choice. Even when we don't fight, people get hurt. Let's go and do what we need to do. It finally comes to the realisation that they have to fight. It's either that or watch their friends die around them and not make any attempt to protect them at all. We're like two Dark Masters down now. We've got two more to go. We're in like the final ten episodes of the season. We're in the final seven. Both of these things are correct. But when you look at Pokemon, they're still nowhere. Halfway through the series. When did you say was the last time Ash got a badge? It was Koga's one? Yeah, so it's been like over 10 episodes. It's been many, many episodes. And it's basically just been filler. Where are they even travelling to? I don't know. I don't even know where he's supposed to go next, and I should know this. They've just been constantly travelling to nowhere in particular. They have no set goal, they're just wandering aimlessly in random direction. I mean, the only thing that's really happened of any great significance is there's an egg now. And that just came out of literally nowhere. And also, Ash almost got rid of Pikachu, and Charizard happened. Are we giving the point to Digimon then? Yes, Chuck. Cool. Which means the score is... The score is 24-23. So they're back in the lead again. I think unless Pokemon gets the sack together is going to lose this in the final spread. Yeah, I mean, even if they're filler, if it's good for like Holy Matrimony, because that, that sort of came out of nowhere and we both like that. So it's either got to be some pretty darn good filler or some actual plot episodes soon. It depends how well Digimon finishes up as well. If Digimon gets lazy if he's got that spread, it could go well and stuff. It's still dope either way. It's still interesting, at least. I mean, I thought that uh, it would have been a bigger... Like, the thing is, we're not we're not purposefully making it so that the score is tied. Like, honestly, we're not doing that. It's It just so happens to be that, the, as of now, it's been quite neck and neck. I mean, some have taken the lead at certain points, but it, it's just the way it is. And it tends to be, what I've noticed is uh, whenever Pokemon has, like, um, a plot-specific, like, a, a plot-relevant episode, it tends to get points for it. But when it's filler, it 
doesn't really do that well. And then when Digimon's just a poorly written episode or just a bad episode, it loses points as well. I'm looking forward to just getting back to a new series of Pokemon. So I want to see how it changes, if that's all. I think that's that's why it was a good decision to go each season is a new region. Because if we went to like the Orange Islands next and stuff like that, it wouldn't it wouldn't really be progression and it wouldn't really get anywhere, but at least it's like a fresh start for everybody. Yeah, it's a fresh start for the series. But I think we've been talking enough about the end of the series. We have, we have. Let's do the outros. Join us again next time where we will be watching episode 47. Who gets to keep Togepi and My Sister's Keeper? You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the World Thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Butterfree. Smiling. Almost Pikachu. A podcast where I watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss. Uh, discuss. And discuss. We do, we do a podcast about Pokemon and Digimon and we talk about it. Yeah. And my name is also Sam. My name is also Stevie. <laughs> I always flub the openings to these things. Do you want to try again? <sighs> no, I don't want to. Sam, eat your vegetables. <laughs> no, no. This is just me editing now, but there was really weird sound in the recording. I hope you still hang in there for the, the, the other bits of conversation that we do. The banter and the demonstration song. The mad bants. The never bad bants. Never saying that again. They should know when they're being conned, but they're like, no, we're just going to steal this bag of Pokemon. <laughs> and they keep saying things like, um, they should always do this. You don't know how small that can be. What? Anyway. I've no idea. What did you say? No, what did you actually say? I, I couldn't hear you. You don't know how small my kind do. Oh, I thought you said, you don't know how small my kind do. I was like, <laughs> what? What does that even mean? That's what I mean. I couldn't hear the sentence properly. I was like, what do you mean how small your kind do? I don't... <laughs> I, your kind? I, are you a Digimon? <laughs> I'm Stevie Man. And you can shrink? You don't know how small we do. <laughs> Any more notes? Yeah, I've got notes. So. Would you like to mention the notes? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah. I was like, any more notes? You're like, yes. Okay, would you like to talk about your notes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you, you, you can go. And this is why when we run for Prime Minister. This is when we run for Prime Minister. We're going to have... Joint Prime Minister. Restrictions on uh, avians and their vegetables and... It will be illegal to give leaks to ducks. It will. That's going to be the first law. That'll be first case. law, no leaks for ducks. Second law, if you steal from people, you need to at least give them some weapons. Then it's okay. Uh, third law is, if you're sat on a train that has armrests and you're sat in the middle, you don't get both armrests. <laughs> well, that's just stupid. Okay, uh, third law That has law nothing is... to do with Pokemon. That's okay. the proper law. Third law is uh, that Ash and Brock aren't allowed to catch Pokemon unless Misty is there because it's not fair that Misty's not allowed to catch them with them around without them around. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh my god, I just remembered all the people he travels with throughout this, this, these, this throughout the show. 
I think season five's gonna kill me. I don't know. Season five has like discount Brock and this girl who's younger than Ash who keeps calling Ash a kid. Oh. At least, at least the I way we're that... watching it, we don't get to we don't get to witness Tracy. Mm. Tracy sketch it. Oh. He's in the Iron Giants, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Did I he... definitely, rec- I definitely, uh, I definitely recommend watching the Orange Island. It's only like twenty episodes long or something like that. It's not too bad, but I, the way we're watching these things, like I'm kind of glad we're not watching it because he's like, oh my god, it's a Pokemon. I'm a sketch it. <laughs> he's literally the entire thing. Well, I remember reading um essentially show notes about it, and Tracy is designed to be like essentially like an Anglo person. Like he's supposed to be like the generic white person um because they wanted to connect with the uh western audience more so he's supposed to be like a generic western person so he's got like a a surfer headband on and he's got hair in a certain way and that's why he's in the show but he is awful (laughs) he's just so bad the duck had a leak what when (laughs) when when that has to be the cut. This episode. No, when did this duck have a leak? I need to know. Psyduck has a leak? Yes. When? When did Psyduck get a leak? It's when the psychic power leaks from his head. <laughs> Wait, there's another duck in this episode? Not Psyduck? Farfetch'd is actually just a pigeon in disguise. <laughs> no, like, this, it's, it's, we should edit the episode where it's exactly the same, except Psyduck, no, Farfetch'd is literally, like, a fully realistic mallard, just, like, superimposed <laughs> on top of it. Oh... <laughs> uh. Uh, you know, like those things where they have every time something happens, it gets faster. Yeah. Oh my god. Me and my partner. Do that, but every time like, there's a duck on screen. <laughs> um, we've been watching like B movie ones of those on YouTube for about an hour the other day. Like, I watched one where it's Shrek, but it gets faster every time Shrek smiles. We had um, it's the opening to Shrek, but every time Shrek, Shrek's on screen, it gets a little more distorted. Oh, those ones. Yeah, and then we, we, we did a lot of B movie ones. Like we watched. Um, the B movie, but it gets faster every time they say the word B, and the, the film was like seven minutes long. Yeah, it's great. I want to do that with the first episode of Digimon every time the word mom is said, or every time yeah. the character's name is said. Um, we watched another one, which was uh like the copyright protection thing they do on uh YouTube, where like they zoom in and stuff and they distort the image. They kept doing that, and like the characters got so distorted they looked terrifying. So let's start with our monsters of the week. Uh, mine's far fetched. Yeah, but which one is it? What? Which, which one is it? Which one? What? Which, which, what's your monster of the week? It's far fetched. Yeah, I know it's far fetched, but which one's your monster of the week? Far far fetched. Please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you've still not told me which one's your monster of the week. Please, I can't. <laughs> oh, I have been awake since half four this morning. It yeah. is now twenty past eight at night. And I can't deal with this. My monster of the week is far-fetched. <laughs> you okay. want to so badly. You're just like... Mm. I could carry on. 